It means that any song or liturgy what? that has hallelujah, oh. you either put it back in the file cabinet or sometimes if you're really crazy, you'll pull it out and you'll just omit the hallelujah. But you nice. will do that until Easter. Interesting. And the point is in Easter, when you turn around and you focus on the resurrection of Christ, that's when the hallelujahs come back and you make it a big hallelujah party and you sing raise a hallelujah, if you will. And yeah, exciting times. Hey, that's, did, you, did, that's you just, did you see what I just did, guys? You have your hoodie off, but you are not free from your headphones just uh, yet. Yep. I need to put my headphones through my hoodie. Yeah. So, so that was fun. Yeah, you kind of had a little... Um, Hallelujah! Oh, wait, sort of hold thing. on. Wait, hold. Oh, I got them free, can't but I say can't it. say it yet. Yeah, because of uh, weird traditions and stuff. Weird traditions. That's the best. No, I get it. I, I totally, I get the effect that it's going for me personally. Though, I don't have a problem with Hallelujah all year round. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm That's gonna come to me, your though. church, and the first song I'm gonna worship to is All Creatures, David Crowder version. <laughs> hallelujah. With, with 20 hallelujahs at Hallelujah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suggest that at our next uh, chapel meeting. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I, I, see, again, uh, we talked about this last time and a few times before. Like, if it's glorifying to God and, and mm-hmm. your, your heart's in the right place, it's fine. I mean, the thing is, like, um, we have so many traditions that we need to expel. And mm. so many non like so many scriptural things that should be traditions that aren't. And so I think, I think any, any like new tradition that is like, we want to be glorifying to God in this way. So we've decided to do this thing, make this conscious choice is cool by me. So not, not pointing any fingers at people that need to get rid of traditions and stuff, but I'm just saying, you get what I'm trying to say. They're like, like uh, the imagery that people had Mm -hmm. coming into like the nineties and 2000 about like what hell and heaven were, you know, all of that. And I think we definitely need to have an episode about that. But um, a lot of these sure. things like or or the rapture, people being like the rapture is how it is. And it's like, mm, yeah, but know, did you get that from the Bible or? Yeah. Kirk did, Cameron or Kirk Cameron. Who well, knows? Maybe, I don't know. So we'll there meet, we go. We'll We're already being clouds. controversial. Yep. Okay. In this episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Haven't even started. I'm going to get off. I'm going to get us <laughs> off topic if I keep going. So. All right. Should we get started? Sure. Sure. I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Wow. What that we felt to, very normal. What are we here <laughs> to talk about? I would say music, maybe. Well, media, too. And and probably the mission of Jesus. That's a good one. Yeah. But you know I like what, that one. But you know what else we're here to talk about? Flip that M upside down, because <laughs> we're here to talk about worship. That's true. Technically, W's can be M's if they're changed by God. I know. I, th- I find worship to be kind of encompassing of all three of those. Oh, absolutely it is. But I just mean because yeah. of the uh, alphabet oh, yeah. and... Uh, oh, yeah, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Mom <laughs> mom upside down is wow. You know? because It's how, also mom backwards and forwards. Just it's like a, Bob. What is that, Bob? What is that called? Palindrome. Ah, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I have forgotten that term. The spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I couldn't, couldn't remember the term. Go hang a salami. I want to say Enneagram, but that, I knew that was obviously wrong. Anagram, <laughs> anagram, I think, is a word that means if you mix the letters around it's something mm-hmm. else. But mom works for that, too, because there's only three letters and there's no other words you can do with it. It's true. Unlike okay. dad or Bob. Yeah, you can't, can't do that. Can't flip them upside down. <laughs> if you flip Bob upside down, but it's all lowercase, it could be pop. 
De- de- definitely if you do dad and flip them upside down, it could be pap, which pap. is like, which is a uh, Tim and Eric name for dad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> My sure. pap, pap, and nana. <laughs> okay. So before Very we cool. get started into the subject of worship, we should uh, worship. Yeah, we should. Man, this is just on theme today, guys. <laughs> we are really in a good mood for flow. Have, have... <laughs> Uh, have a fun time listening to us yeah. today because last time we were all like kind of coughing and stuff. At least me and Zach, and I think Bob to some extent as well. Yeah, just uh, a small bit. And we are kind of feeling better, so we're yeah. on the up and up. And so you're going to hear is a little taking more upswing, which hear a little more nice. energy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Even podcasters get sick, have off days, you know. So hopefully you're forgiving, forgiving, for, forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. Please forgiving us yeah. <laughs> this evening, forgiving <laughs> us. All yeah. right. Cool. What are we doing today, Zach? We are doing a traditional Lent song called Lord Who Throughout These 40 Days. Um, And it is put to a tune that is just downright sad. I mean, it is minor to the nth degree. Did you Um, say that this is a recently written song, too? No, it's not. Um, Oh, that was the other one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the other one's not as old as some other hymns, but it's still public domain. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this one... uh, yeah, it is a public domain song um, with a tune that I don't think was traditionally put to it. Um, morning's morning yeah, song? Our seminary put together a hymnal, and this was the music that they put to the text. So both are public domain, but I think it really kind of goes nice together. And it's about Jesus in his um, temptations, which uh, we did a Lent episode last year where we kind of explained what Lent was. Yeah. Remember? And we yeah, talked like about um, Jesus in the desert being tempted by the devil and uh, kind of the battle that he had there mm-hmm. against temptation. Oh, yeah. I know at least the the composer of the morning song tune that we're going to be doing this to is a person named Elkanah Kelsey Dare. Right. Yeah. So even kind of international, I think. It's definitely a name I have not heard before. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. We had an Elkana that we worked with in a shoe store. Oh, we did have an Elkana. That's right. He was a Kenyan. Not, not, no one could touch him. He was like a track star. He was like very, very fast. He was very fast and a super nice guy. Um, In contrast, we're going to play this hymn a little slower. That's right. This one's a little bit slow. Just me. 
<laughs> ending with a little bit of mystery there. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Good yeah. one. That was fun. Yeah, we get to uh, with Lent, we get the opportunity to let things kind of hang for a little bit in the mystery. Get yeah. to have that tension for a little while. And Easter of unending joy, we may attain at last. So we may attain it at the end of Lent. Is that what you're saying? We may attain uh, through Jesus' sacrifice and his resurrection. We recognize the resurrection. We get to kind of celebrate that more a Mm -hmm, little bit on mm -hmm. Easter. Not that it's not a reality now, um, but I think it's good for us sometimes to sit sort of with the pain, with the, with the realization that, uh, not all things are as they should be or as they eventually will be right now. There's a not yet to the kingdom of yes. God still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That some, sometimes there is still pain and hardship yeah. uh, throughout this life. And, and there's very little chance for that a lot of times in our modern worship, I would say, just to kind of sit with it. Yeah. That's a very... Yeah wise observation i never really i it's i haven't thought as much about that that about uh worship songs that bring about the pain and hardship of life yeah and uh and 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 what that means for us as followers of jesus well we've talked about it some we you know colin and i worked on psalm 88 yeah oh yes good so uh and and just getting back to that really fast there is like there they they kind of separate and kind of file psalms into like these certain categories. And one of them, I believe, is mourning. Yeah. Uh, and Psalm 88 is definitely a mourning hymn. Uh, and mourning not uh, with the you, like the <laughs> the sad mourning. To yeah. mourn. Uh, and so I think the that, verb. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that a lot of times, um, you know, we, we anticipate, but we don't sit yeah. with the emotion of the time. Yeah. And I think that part of Jesus... Uh, like the sacrament where we uh, drink the wine, eat the bread, that kind of thing. That was uh, so that he, that we remember him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so a lot of these times like these, like Lent, Easter, uh, I guess Ash Wednesday and, and a lot of the other things, I think that our, the focal point of those should be to sort of not only relate to Jesus, sure. but also yeah. to like sit with Jesus in his suffering. Absolutely. And, and understand mm-hmm. that. Because he came down to earth to understand us and to, yeah. you know, and so if we're, if we're just like, let's get to Easter and find some eggs, yeah. like we, we kind of miss out on all of the things, <laughs> the impact of what it, what it really means. Yeah, I mean, that's, Absolutely. That's his Absolutely. prayer, his prayer for us in uh, John chapter 17, where he's praying for all believers. He says that they would be one with each other and that they would be, uh, he says to God, he says the says to the Father, he says that they would be in me as I am in you. Um, so it's a mutual withinness that we are in Jesus Christ um, as even as we wait for the desired kingdom. So, do you remember when Kevin was yeah. saying the things that we get with salvation? Yeah, I think that uh, obviously he was talking about all these great things, but I would argue that in some parts of the scripture it would suggest that we share in his suffering as well as his, yeah. Uh, yep. his, uh, uh, righteousness. Well, he calls us to that. Yeah. Yeah. He does. And I think that this time period is what that's all about is to yeah. share in his suffering. And you know, other places in the Psalms are penitential, meaning that they're, um, for repentance. You the know. penitent man will pass. Yeah. As a wise man once said, you know, it says the, 
the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite heart. Right. Um, so it's our time and our chance to, um, to sit with that and to repent and really reflect and say, um, yeah, everything is not a, is as it should be. And even I am not as I should be at times, um, but I have this chance to repent, to sit with the tension that mm-hmm. um, the kingdom is coming. And I, I, I think I think this yeah. hymn really does that. Yeah, I think so. Too. Speaking of like sitting with the feeling <laughs> in your spirit, um, we're going to be talking a, a little bit more about this idea of a worship night. That's right. And yeah. so, uh, since I prayed two times ago and Bob prayed last time, is I think it my be, turn? It is your turn. All right. So, if you want to, let's pray, man. I would love it. Father, I just thank you so much that you are. Um, that you have called us to uh, be instruments of your peace, that you've called us to be um, tools that you use um, to reach people. I pray that you would um, mold us and shape us on this podcast um, to speak words that glorify you, that you would um, help us to communicate your truth to people, and that we would have encouragement for some people who are out there today, um, whether they be worship leaders or people who've never set foot in a church. Lord, I pray that you would um, just use us to speak your truth into their lives and um, ask that we would have good fellowship and that it would just all honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Very cool. Uh, So last time we talked about why you might want to have an extended time of worship. Why have a night where you can um, get together and lead some music and um, sing together, cry out to God, do that as a community in an extended time that's free from the usual every week service constraints. Um, So now we're going to talk through some of our experiences having um, concerts, worship nights, um, kind of bigger events or even just extended periods of music with a congregation. We're going to think about some of those things that we've done. We're going to give a little bit of our practical advice. So Mm -hmm. if either of you guys kind of think of something that, um, sure that we've experienced as, uh, we talk through these things, feel free to, um, add those in as well. Awesome. Practical advice on how to make it run smooth. Yeah. How to make it run smooth and even how to plan it well so that all the elements, um, work together. Here's um, one way to plan it really good. Have like somebody plan it and then they like kind of drop the ball like 20 <laughs> minutes before. And then just the guy that's there calls all the bands and make sure they get there and stuff. <laughs> It'll go off without a hitch then. <laughs> Sorry. I'm talking about a particular situation. I won't, t- I won't say who I'm talking about, but uh, we had a guy who was um, sort of in charge of contacting these bands one time for a concert. Me and Zach were a part of, and uh-huh. this was the first time that I had ever been in a position of leadership, right. we kind of ever we kind of gave it to you that w- time involving a uh. a concert or anything, and uh, nobody was there, and I just happened to be there, and I was like, "All right, what's the phone number for all these people? <laughs> I'll call them." And they were like, "Hey, man, where, where are we supposed to go?" And it's like, "Oh, come here at this time right now. Yeah. Come into the back, and I'll get yeah. you stuff." Yeah, that's that was a joke. That's not a good way to put on a uh, worship night. <laughs> yeah, but thinking through some of the logistics ahead of time. Can really help with that, especially oh, yeah. um, 
Yeah, especially when you've contacted people and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes is the hardest part. I'm sure we'll get into the like yeah. the pl- actual planning yeah. aspect because that's obviously very, very important. But, uh, you know, that was just my little my little uh, anecdote. Definitely. <laughs> A very tough yeah. time for uh, for us to make things well, go right. But I think that I would also argue this, like we've talked about in the past, like how to pray for your worship team. Yeah. If your focus is God mm-hmm. first and the worship of God, sometimes miraculous things happen and it goes off without a hitch. And and God can use it even if it's a mess. Let's be like, honest. It's yep. not about us I've, at I, all. I, I've, I've had I've had several of those yeah. instances um, where, you know, the band doesn't necessarily perform the way they practice and um, end up not only peaking the amps, but blowing the circuit breaker and the uh, the that breaker box is locked and no one's able to get yeah. into it. So we roll a piano out on stage that was behind the curtains and we continue on. And it's a great time. And some people thought that that was planned, I think. <laughs> so, so, but th- th- that's not ideal. If you're going to have a piano plan to have a piano, but you know, if it happens to go out and you can't do anything about the situation, you know, roll with it. I, I once saw a literally uh, I once saw a, I don't I wasn't there, but I once saw a like video on TV of a Backstreet Boys concert <laughs> and the musicians in the background uh, get mad at the Backstreet Boys and just like leave and leave their instruments. Mm-hmm. And then everybody stops and it's just like kind of this like, you know, the, everything cuts out. And so then the Backstreet Boys go over to the instruments, <laughs> pick them up and they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll play them. And then it just like the track starts again. <laughs> <laughs> being like, oh, this would be cool if they were actually playing, but unfortunately, it's just the act. But a lot of times, when real, like when bad things happen, but God is involved, it, mm-hmm. it's, it becomes charming. Yes, and then it like charming works is a good, good way. Charming is a good way to put it. Not ideal, <laughs> yeah. but it works in the yeah, end. Yeah. Charming. I think that's a great way of phrasing that. Well, like if you think about it, like a lot of times you'll see like uh, ice skaters. Uh, they'll like maybe like miss or like fall or something like that. Oh yeah. And then they turn around and do like a crazy awesome move. And then the judges <laughs> are like, Oh man, the way they recovered there, they get like a better score. Oh, than yeah. the boy. <laughs> who, who was the girl? Uh, it was like the 96 Olympics was a Carrie Strug. And didn't she like something? do a she spin with her, her ankle and then she just kept going and she kept going. Yeah. Boom. There you go. That's America. You <laughs> America. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you're thinking about planning a worship night, right? Okay, yes, because everybody should be thinking about that every now and again. Yeah, it's something that's definitely good for your community. You've decided that your community is ready to try and have an extended worship night. Or maybe they need one even if they're not ready for one. Yeah. Because they're disjointed or something. Yeah, so um, you've got your group of people together. Hopefully you're not doing this completely on your own, but maybe you've got a few others. Um, Mm -hmm. Here are some of the questions that you will ask yourself about your community. Um, So we'll kind of go through some of these and we'll talk about um, how they are helpful. Okay. So first of all, what do you know about the group that you're planning to hold a worship concert for? I think that's very important, isn't it? I mean, we talked last time about, that being sort of key because um, as much as it's glorifying to God, it's also like very servicing to the group. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that in every situation for a worship leader, it's really important to know a bit about your community, kind of where they're at. Sure. Um, You might, that'll help with uh, song selection. It'll also kind of help with knowing what to expect 
with planning yeah. things out or how to run things. Sure. After all, it's, it's good to challenge yeah. a community in some regards, but it's also you also want to give them something they're familiar with to help them connect to the spirit better. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it funny how? Um, doing something glorifying to God is therapeutic to you. Isn't that yeah. funny how that works? <laughs> it definitely can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, Absolutely. like, well, when the Lord is pleased with you in the work, that, I mean, you know, and it's obviously I could, the immediate response is it's not about works, but right. when you do things that are pleasing to God and God is pleased, you will feel pleased and joyful in your spirit. Absolutely. And, and I've yeah. felt that plenty of times in the work that we've done uh, before now and with the podcast. And so I think a worship night like again is very serviceable to your group, but also very glorifying to God. So you're, you're kind of like pleasing him twice mm. and, you know, and, and like, as far as your group goes, I think that that scripture, I keep coming back to in Proverbs 27 about how like uh, people that are full don't, don't yeah. de- desire honey, but people yeah. who are empty uh, think bitter things are sweet. And so um, when you have a lot of people that, are living in kind of like a bitter or maybe like disjointed or there's infighting or things like that in your community. I think that might be one of the, like the, one of the main uh, times like situations where worship night is, mm-hmm. is very good because it helps center you back, get rid of some of that bitterness. Yeah. So that's one of the things I think a, a, you should learn about your group is first would be where, Hmm. How, how can I say this to be nice? Where is not the problem, <laughs> not the problem, the struggle, where, perhaps. where are, where yeah. are the stumble? Where are the, uh, the, the stumbling moments? Yeah. Like when, when sure. the world is forced, you know, causing you to stumble a little bit. Yeah. Um, Every group has challenges. There you go. That's yeah. a better word. I yeah. didn't want to say people are having problems. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, uh, you know, cause there is, there is no one, and no church, no community that is perfect. Right. Uh, and so, uh, but, but right now, you know, in 2020, and we've talked about this a lot, there's, there's, uh, we're seeing a growing, uh, kind of, uh, dissonance mm-hmm. between kind of the way we do church and, mm-hmm. and, and the, and the way the, that God calls us, uh, uh, to serve him. And so, you know, we see this example over uh, and over again in the scripture about the way that, you know, the, the, the psalmist would sing out to God. Um, and it was very honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was very uh, much acknowledging the Lord and his authority, uh, the things that he has done for them, uh, being honest about the woes that you have, the fears that you have. And all of that is very like therapeutic in itself. It's almost like you're talking to a therapist. And so when you're disjointed and you have these things, it's best to just lay them at the feet of the yeah. Lord. And what better way to do that with than with a worship night? Yeah, you might have a different tone depending on where your community is at, right? For because sure. You might have, um, you might have a community that has experienced something difficult sure. or some loss or something. And you might create, for instance, a tone that is a bit more somber. Um, the more lay it down kind of message songs that kind of speak to that. Right. Well, I mean, in, in, in contrast, you know, I don't want to just say that you should only have a worship night if your church is doing bad. Um, like if, if they have just gone through a loss or something like that, maybe it's a good time to have a, uh, marvelous light 
like song themed worship where you can up, you can make people feel uplifted and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that leads us to our second question. That does kind of lead to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. What is the Holy spirit doing in this group? Like what is God maybe ready to do? How can the Holy spirit um, move and what would a worship night do to like affect that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really dependent on the leader kind of, being able to discern and ask God where God is at work already. That, that's yeah. a, I think that's a really tough thing. Um, you and I have both been worship leaders and Bob, you've also, yeah. uh, you've been a leader, not a, a worship leader, but you've not, been a not, sound. Not, not, not on the stage portion, but in the background. Yeah, absolutely. But um, one of the things about leaders, like in our positions mm-hmm. is the, one of the toughest things to do is kind of have like a finger on the pulse of the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, there's always going to be like secret stuff going on that you may not know about. But I think as a, as a leader of any kind, it's good to kind of like get so ingrained in your community that you kind of have your finger on the pulse a little bit. And then that would help you yeah. to understand what direction to take with worship. Um, that, that can be tough too, because the, the, the negative side of that is that you start wanting to please your community more than the Lord. But uh, as you know, basically, information is never bad. And so if you know where your community is at, it can help you better make a decision with the Lord's help on what songs to pick, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, especially, again, if we go back to our first thing we were saying about, like, people being disjointed, you know, it's 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 very, very much um, the Holy Spirit. What did you call that last time? A cloud of witness? So, like, if you have just, like, a community of people and all of their Holy Spirits are this, like, big room of Holy Spirits, how do you turn all of them towards God, right? What do you mean by Holy Spirits? Not Holy Spirits. <laughs> I mean, like, everyone has... A I mean, <laughs> a little bit weird. No, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, like, everybody has the Holy Spirit, right, okay. in your community. Yeah. But everybody is dealing with something different in, mm-hmm. their, in their spirit. And so it's, like... Yeah. If you have your, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that probably sounded really weird. Uh, but basically what I was trying to say is like, if you have your finger on the pulse of the yeah. church, you understand where your community is going through. Mm-hmm. It can help better yeah. facilitate the decisions. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, no, there's knowing your group and knowing and what knowing all the spirits through. that are flying around. <laughs> See, oh I'm turning into a joke. Oh, my goodness. And then grabbing your proton pack. And <laughs> Every one of us has a neutron accelerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't cross the holy streams. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. Right. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess my difference with the second one um, versus the first one is an awareness of what God is already doing. Yeah. What where he's on the move. And so you might look back at the recent history of your church or your group. Right. And see what God is doing. Like be on the lookout for those groups that are getting together and praying because they might be sitting together. You might have like four or five people in your church who are praying together every week and they're just saying, Lord, it's time for this to change. You know, and you may not know that and yeah. you might not know it, but it's good to try and find out those things. Or you might be having be heretical aware. people praying and saying, make these Holy Spirits leave. They're <laughs> flying around my head. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. That's going to be the podcast episode. Uh, joke. Oh, <laughs> I realized too late that it sounded weird. And then so it's all it's our joke. supporters. All right. So, there so. You you're not just deleting it now because you've joked about it several times. <laughs> nope. I will not. I will not edit that out. I made a conscious decision to keep joking about it. Um, so uh, <laughs> very good. Very good. So next question: What will the band look like? What are you going with that one? So 
now we can kind of flip and start to think about the um, uh, the practical side of things. Right. Who are you inviting on your band to be a part of a worship night? Ah, see, because yeah. that's a distinction I was I was going to start asking you about is because just because you have your regular worship team doesn't mean that your regular worship team just has your a worship night with the same team. Yeah. You kind of, uh, when you plan this, you want to be inclusive. Like maybe you want all of your bands to be together uh-huh. at some point or to do several sets yeah. with different groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We just recently did, um, night of praise at Asbury Yeah, and we do two per semester. One is usually huge and the other is usually a bit more stripped down, maybe at a coffee house with like a couple acoustic players. Right. So this one that we had Thursday night was the big one. So I had mm. a drummer. I had a bass player. I had an electric guitar player. I had me on acoustic. I had somebody playing um, like pad and keys. Fun. And then I had three extra singers. So it was a ginormous band. Nice. Um, awesome. And it, it, it d- Depending on which yeah. church you go to, that would either be a relatively small or a relatively might, big band. It might be, yeah. It might be a small band in your context. You might have the entire orchestra. Or choir. Or, yeah. With a choir, mm-hmm. yeah. You might have it all. Um, or your band may just be a guitarist and one right. extra singer. You right. never know. So for me, that band that was like eight or nine people, that that was pretty big. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for what I'm used to. Um, but that was because we had sensed that there was an expect. Uh, people were becoming expectant for something big and sure. wanted to get a group of like 70 to a hundred people together um, to just worship for a long time. So we knew that we would fill the space out. And that's what you mean. Yeah. Like when you say, what does, what does the band look like Yeah, to the community? You're Often kind of, it's a response to what is happening. Right. Yeah. Well, like um, the, the contrast to that, which comes to my mind is that maybe there are people on the worship team who don't really get a chance to mm-hmm. just sit and worship yeah. with the Lord in the crowd. And this worship night may be a good opportunity for some people mm-hmm. to just be a part of the community. To oh worship. yeah, it definitely sure. can be. Sure. I lo- and, 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 I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Bob. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I, some of my favorite worship experiences are just you worshiping and me visiting, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and I get to sing songs sure. that I yeah. already know you and I know. Sure. And I just, I love just hanging back. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And so, and, and many times you might want want instead something like what you just talked about, Colin. It's just just a strip down a single individual, uh-huh. maybe leading the whole community, because maybe that's what the community needs. Maybe there's some <laughs> healing that needs to happen yeah. that is harder to facilitate through worship when you've got someone banging on the drums with no sense of volume control. Well, okay, that, that, that sounded like a little bit of a. Um, you know, from experience kind of swipe there. <laughs> well, no, 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 not necessarily. That's just combining two different ideas. I've known very few drummers that are very technical. Yeah. And oh, when I say drummers, full drum set drummers who are technical enough to know when they're too loud and how to bring mm. that down, but still pull sure. it out. I don't want someone like that necessarily on the drums when the service is meant to be very somber, Solemn. Yeah. Yes. And, and th- those types of more healing oriented worship services. Yeah. You and may not use drums at all, just depending exactly. on what's being felt. And that's there. why it's a good question yeah. to ask is like, wh- what does the yeah. worship team look like? Is mm-hmm. it appropriate for what we're yeah. trying to do? Now, the St. The St. Andrews group, the Anglican church that I occasionally lead a worship night for, theirs have been running more and more towards a desire for prayer. And so I've been actually doing less music and we've been spending extended amounts of time getting together and um, 
doing intercessory kind of prayer where we pray yeah. for other people and they're praying for other people in their community. I don't even live near that church. So it's a lot of people I don't know, but they'll pray for missionaries that they know. They'll pray for families who are in need and they will just sit and they'll name people out and they want to spend like, you know, a couple of 10 to 20 minute blocks just kind of doing this. And so what we've found is there's not really a need to invite an entire worship team up and spend hours practicing when you could just as easily accomplish what needs to be accomplished for the service mm-hmm. with just an acoustic and maybe a second guy on another acoustic. Which yeah. leads us to our yeah. next question. Another one. Uh, what kinds of elements besides songs might you uh, want to have as a part uh-huh. of the worship uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, worship night? Sure. And, and Zach, you already mentioned prayer. What, what are some other elements that might be appropriate for these type of settings, depending on the, the atmosphere and mood and, yeah. the, mission and the goal of it? Um, we've had communion at some of these before um, that can always be very powerful. I like, I very, very much like extended worship communion. Yeah. Where you do communion uh-huh. in the middle and just keep worshiping. Yeah. It flows so good. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of similar to what we did the other night. We had a two hour set and the communion was right about at the end of the first hour. And we kind of, we braked from the music for a bit to um, kind of get the instructions and the liturgy going for the Eucharist. And then we had people lining up and um, we served each other. So one person would um, take the bread and the juice and then turn around and give it to the next person in line. And so that took, I don't know, six or seven minutes. So um, we kind of slowly ramped the music back up as that was going on. And then there was like almost a whole another hour of worship after that. Um, So it was very, communion was at the center. One of my dreams for like a dream service that I Mm -hmm. never really got to do, maybe it's, maybe someday I will. But um, one of my dreams was that we would do sort of, and and I think, I think churches do do this kind of style, Mm -hmm. just not in once I was involved with, would be doing worship, keeping the worship and going instrumental low Pastor comes up, mm-hmm. speaks a little bit. We go to like communion, uh, sing, sing some more, never stop the music. Yeah. Pastor speaks a little bit more mm-hmm. music, 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 communion, music, 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 come up to the foot of the altar, pray and music just never stops. Yeah. And it would just be like a whole worship experience with the elements just peppered in like very organically. I've never done that. And I've always wanted to, nice. I pitched for it. It's just never been That's, successful. <laughs> that could be a pretty powerful service. I guess that leads to the other thing is um, whether or not you want to have speakers. Mm. That's another element. I mean, yeah. uh, the kid, I'm, I'm going to get uh, hate mail for this, but in a worship night, I'm not sure that announcements are needed. Announcements? <laughs> yeah. People go, announcements are part of worship too. And I'm yeah. like, are they the... <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But they yeah. are a necessary evil at times in a church yes. service. There are to, people to, to, who would, to, to help yeah. communicate with 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 the congregation at large. I can definitely see that. If this is a separate special event, um, sure. I don't always think that they're necessary. I think yeah. I agree with you, Colin. When I when I lead um, a worship night, typically the only um, announcements I give are housekeeping, and I will do it at the very beginning. And a lot of times um, with a worship night since it's like maybe two hours of music, I won't do a lot of now stand, now sit. 
So I might say that at the very beginning. I might actually say... Like, sit or stand as you feel welcome As you feel led by God to encounter him in the way that whatever postures you for worship, you can lay down on the floor if you want. This is our Take time. a nap. <laughs> this is our time to yeah. worship God. Jesus took a nap yeah. in the middle of a ship. So <laughs> Storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but we have had people give little uh, mini sermons. Um, I'm thinking of Haiti Aid. Yeah. The concert that you mentioned at the beginning, actually. I think it's the same one. Yeah, it is the, it um, is the one. But we had somebody come and talk. And Brian. Was it Brian? He spoke okay. He spoke from Ruth. And yeah. when I connected with him later with Center Church, I was like, do you know you the first time I ever met that. you, you spoke uh, you spoke from Ruth at uh, uh, Haiti Aid. And he was like, oh, did I really? Do? And I said, I thought you told me you were from Red House, but I guess you were from the Vineyard. But I thought it was so interesting. It was such a bold choice to speak yeah. from Ruth instead of just like one of the more like classic scripture that mm-hmm. you might yeah. think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Um, that was really impactful. And yeah, I guess that was the first time I ever met Brian as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's interesting too, because again, Brian being a part of it, it's kind of like what you talked about with the worship band. It doesn't have to be your regular lineup. You can kind of bring in like special elements, things that may not have occurred to you because you're, you're trying to, what you're, what you're essentially trying to do is connect that community with God through worship the best way that you know, like that you can. And sometimes a new speaker, a new perspective can add to that in like a very special way. Like a lot of times uh, I would take breaks from whatever. If I took a break from church, from being worship Mm -hmm. leader, if I took a week off, I would go and listen to like Ken speak or somebody, you know, just to kind of get a different perspective. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it it reinvigorates you. A lot of pastors even do that. If they're fortunate enough to have a situation where they have, other people in their church that can preach, they will take a vacation and they will go, you know, to another church to hear somebody else get kind of refreshed in that way. Not mm-hmm. to, not yeah. to critique pastors cause I'm not a pastor, but I would say getting a fresh perspective by not pastoring for a few weeks yeah. is always a good thing. I mean, it, well, it, we find it refreshing just leading music. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and when you do that, you can also get a sense of what other communities are singing or um, may, maybe even refresh your memory of some other great songs that are out there. I know we're going to be talking about this later, but about like picking songs, you know, and so I don't want to rush, but another cool thing when we're talking about elements and stuff and maybe trying something new, putting something different in there, a worship night can be a great time to pick a new song the community hasn't heard. Yeah, absolutely. Because in great a place ser- to introduce stuff in a yeah. service, you can't, you can't really, you know, yeah. you have to kind of be very cognizant of what you're introducing and when yeah. you're introducing it and how you do that. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. I I've done some thinking on this recently and I think that part of the reason that it's a good time to introduce new songs is because your new songs um, are going to take a while for people to jump into and be able to sing right away. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're in a situation, um, some churches I know can only have like two songs or whatever at the beginning of a set. And if you're in that sort of situation, you don't have the time, you won't have as much time to get a lot of good congregational singing in if half of it is being taken up by a new song. Um, So when you have these um, nights of worship, you might have a very extended long set. So you got plenty of time 
to get some other songs in there that people know. And so there are certain songs, they might be like songs that are very repetitive or songs that are not as theologically strong. Um, those two sometimes can work really well in a night of worship set when you wouldn't maybe always do them on a Sunday morning. Mm. Yeah. I can I can definitely see how the repetitive yeah. ones might be able to help out as as people are going through it and you want them to be reflective. If you're throwing out some songs with a lot of difficult verses to get through, yeah. having something that's more repetitive might be able to keep that momentum moving yeah. but give them a chance to do more reflecting in, in their minds as opposed to just trying to keep up with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so there, uh, you know, the next question on the list, um, the contrast to my point there was... Yeah. You should always try and pick up, you know, pick at least a few songs that everybody can worship yeah, to because yeah. it's 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 really important that you at least have uh, a united congregation in, in song at some point in the worship night. You can't just have it be all new ones that they're listening oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's, it, that's it, a good consideration. No, if, if it's all new stuff, then it's not a night of worship. It's a concert because they're just going to stand there and look. Mm. You can still worship and listen, but sure, you're sure. right. You're, the problem you definitely want to get some singing. Well, the the, yeah. the problem is that if you're if um, like if it's the five steps of hearing a new song for the first mm-hmm. time, it's uh, I don't know this song. And then like thirty minutes, thirty seconds into the song, it's like oh, this is kind of neat. And then like a minute in, you're like oh, may, now I sort of know the melody line. Maybe yeah. I'll try and sing it. And by the end, you may like sing the last five. Yeah, uh, words with uh, last five lyrics with uh, yeah. the worship singer, and so right. that that mm. is more of a struggle. Whereas if you know the song, not only do you not have to think about the song, you can just let yourself yeah. be free to worship. Absolutely, and so that's why it's important to have songs that everybody knows, which is tougher in your case with um, uh, Lighthouse, right? So, because of two communities uh, mixing, yeah. uh, and they both have such different tastes in music. Okay, so yeah, I can actually talk about this because this is something that I'm working on right now is actually finding out which songs everybody knows. Mm -hmm. One Uh, of the hardest things for a worship leader to figure out. Yeah, so we had two groups kind of uh, come together to form Lighthouse Church, and each church kind of had a body of music that they were working with, a repertoire, if you will. Um, So I actually did some archaeology (laughs) <laughs> I found I found the worship binders from one of the churches um, okay. and the other church, everything they had was digital. Um, so I asked their worship leader to kind of send me what everything he had. So I had kind of everything he knew and all his music sort of in an email. Huge help. Yeah, huge help. Then I had the binder from the other church. So I went through and I did I played matchup and I found out. There's a handful of songs that had been played very commonly at both churches. Well, awesome. then there are also songs that everybody just knows. And I'm finding that some of these are some of the most powerful worship songs that we have. Um, can I guess a few? Is that all right? You can guess. Sure. 10,000 reasons. I mean, maybe. Between try, the two? Try a little older. Oh, you're talking about between the two that both churches knew? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of those off the top of my head. Oh, you were, you were saying what? You were saying songs? There's been there's been songs not from either list. Okay. That, that people just know. That people just know, but they <laughs> had been forgotten to be included in lists. Like Amazing Grace? Things like that, or like um, God of Wonders. Songs mm. from like the 90s and stuff. I'm finding 
a lot of the 90s stuff that we thought was cheesy at one point. 90s and early 2000s. 90s and early 2000s. I can only imagine, I guess. I don't know about that one. That, that, that one's definitely <laughs> uh, mid, early to mid 2000s. I don't okay. know if I see that one coming back just yet, but I'm thinking of like the old, like very early Hillsong stuff like yeah. um, oh, Lord, okay. Lord, I give you my heart mm. or um, there's a the passion stuff. There's a song. Um, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Ooh, yeah, that one's that one's got some age on it. Holy is the Lord. Um, the old Chris Tomlin song. Um, a lot of that like early 2000s, late 90s stuff. I'm I'm predicting right now that's going to be the sweet spot for a lot of churches coming up here soon. Really? Yeah, I think so, because um, we've been in this paradigm for a long time now called contemporary versus traditional. Yeah, it's it's known as the worship wars. And if you don't realize it yet, your church may still be in this struggle. Um, But this conflict is like over 30 years old. So what was contemporary now is actually not contemporary anymore. That's true. I feel that there's been time enough now for some of the very early contemporary songs to be accepted by some of our older folks. Well, and I say that with love. Well, because when they first came out, those people might have been like in their late 40s. Yeah. And now it's 2020 and they're like maybe 60 now. Yeah. As because if it was mid nineties, like what is it like Sonic Youth and like the was that mid nineties? Sonic Youth or Sonic uh, Sonic Flood? Sonic Flood. Sorry, that's that. Sonic Youth's a different bit. No, no, that 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 was early two thousands. Is it? No, no, no. No, I think you're right. Sonic Youth just a bunch of kids that were into Sonic. (laughs) I I, played the Genesis. (laughs) No, Sonic Youth is a bit. No, no, I I think you're right. I think I think Sonic Flood was nineteen ninety nine. Sure, sure. But like, okay, so I've done. here I am to worship uh-huh. by uh, was it Tim that, Newfield? Um, that, that that is early two thousands. Yeah, yep. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see. Um, there's a whole Christology in that song about who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Very deep lyrics, actually. If you if you really get into it and pick it apart, I would argue. Oh no, never mind. You know what? <laughs> we don't need to get into this. <laughs> that song. I would argue that those ninety songs lyrically. Far surpass any Some, modern. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Yeah, there, there are modern songs that are good. Um, you're right. You're these, right. these '90s songs, a lot of them are killing it when I'm playing them. Yeah, for different groups, like for young people and older people. Really, the, the right. people, the, 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 the young them. people. Yeah. Well, you want to know why? I think I can, I can tell you a finger on the pulse type situation with that. Is that the kids that grew up who were like five, six years old? 10 years ago, we're hearing that music yeah. from people in the worship team who are bringing back the oldies. Yeah. Right. And so they remember that until sure. their adulthood. Okay. And in the back of their mind, it's kind of like me and Zach, we were brought in yeah. to the fold through, um, well, Zach through a BCM, uh, somewhat. And then, uh, you kind of, you know, evolved as you went along. I mean, as at the, in the days when I first started um, working on worship music and playing on a worship team, it was about the mid two thousands. And that was when a lot of this later nineties stuff was only about five to 10 years old. And it was seen as very cheesy and out of date because the newest thing was like passion and then Hillsong. Um, The newer Hillsong. Well, well, all worship teams operate like five to 10 years before because that's their, Uh that's their modern hymnal now. 
Mm-hmm. And so in the early to mid 2000s, the modern hymnal of five to 10 years ago was those classics, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, mm-hmm. am, am I thinking of this right? Is DC Talk um, that, that, a 90s band? Yes, very yeah. much so. I don't know if I would call them a worship They're not, band, they're not. But yeah. they were on the radio. Right. Yeah. And so like, there's a difference between like Christian music and worship music, but you're right. There was like a huge like uh, explosion of musical content that came out in the nineties yeah. that has yeah. hung on to this day. Yeah. Um, well, like there were, there were bands called um, like, there was one called Maranatha that okay. was huge back in the nineties and the vineyard movement. Like when vineyard actually started, they had a lot of their own songs. And so I've been kind of noting, like when I found an older song that still works today, right. and I'm kind of keeping them in a list right now. Cause I'm trying to keep them, sort of in the back pocket because there are times when uh, worship might just need to extend another five or 10 minutes. Michael W. Smith. There you go. Michael W. Smith. Of course. Stephen Curtis yeah. Chapman. Right. Right. Well, yeah. 90s. Yeah. 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 90s. Well, well, well they, they actually start in the eighties, but yeah, the eighties, nineties, two thousands, 2010. I got my, I got, I, I, oh, yeah. I was like, dude, I know him plenty. Why uh, am uh, I not uh, thinking uh, about uh, that the, right the, now? Yeah. Th- those two. Stuart specific- Townsend. Yeah, Stuart Townsend. Let's go. Yeah. You know how we, I mean, we, me and you have done some. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm remembering them now. We've done was, some, some right, Robin right. Mark. And if you mention Robin Mark to I, like a boomer who's been around. I flipping <laughs> for love a while. Robert Mark. Yeah. Robin a lot Mark. of people our age don't know him, but you'll know their music. I was introduced <laughs> to them from FUMC, to him by FUMC and then given a CD by my mm. neighbor. And yeah. gosh, he became one of my favorite worship singers. Rich Mullins, I mean, yeah. oh, as well. So yes. let me ask you guys, since we're <clears throat> kind of, mo- we've been talking about worship yeah. uh, music for a while now, let's let's really get into the nitty gritty. How do you know which songs are appropriate and which songs do you pick when you're, when you're planning this worship night? Yeah. And why do you pick the songs that you pick? Right. Uh, so there's a number of reasons that you might look at when you're choosing your set list yeah. for uh, a night of worship. Um, and these are ways to pick songs, but I think these are also can be ways to organize songs. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I kind of, I like to play with is your typical order of songs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because standard, you're going to have like a fast opening song. Then you're going to have maybe a, a hymn or a slower, more contemplative one, or you might have like fast medium kind of descending into slower. And then you might finish with a, either a slow contemplative song or a slow contemplative song followed by fast song. You're kind, kind of, of like standard. I mean, based yeah. on, based on how you put that yeah. set list together, you're you're kind of the um, crafter of the mood of the night yeah. know, in some regard. Yeah, sure. Sure. And now that, that way of doing things works. I've also um, organized things by theological content or theme of the song. Mm. I would, I would argue that's yeah. probably a little bit closer to what I would do. I think mm. you should still maybe be cognizant of like whether songs are fast or slow and think about the movement, but you don't have to necessarily be tied to like, you have to start fast and then go slow. Um, you, I've had worship nights before where we started with a couple of slow songs and had some prayer and stuff at the beginning and then slowly built up right. the excitement. Um, you can do more creative things with it when you have an extended night. Um, I had another set that I crafted where I put a bunch of songs together that had imagery from revelation in them. Okay. Ooh. So it was kind of like a, um, we're thinking towards the future kind of set. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think I really even 
explicitly said, Hey, this is what we're doing. I just kind of did revelation song. Um, we fall down, which is like, we fall down and cast our crowns and sing Holy, Holy, Holy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kind of echoes what revelation song does. And then there's a song called overcome, uh, by desperation band that has a bridge in it that says like, we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, which is another thing from revelation. Mm-hmm. So you like put all those songs together and kind of sing about heaven and the coming kingdom all at once. And so that's like a themed set. So that's, that's one interesting. W- that's one way of doing it. Yeah. So I, 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 did you find a lot of reception towards that particular set? And that was different than any other sets. I think it went pretty well. Yeah. I think because especially in some of those revelation themed songs, they will take, things that the angels are singing in revelation or that Mm -hmm. the saints are singing um, like, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Mm -hmm. It are words from scripture. Absolutely. They will, they will ring true. They will hit you as truth um, because those words were always meant to be sung. Those words are being sung in heaven. And so when people kind of, Um, realize that even if subconsciously, I think it hits you in a certain way. Awesome. So one time uh, I was actually asked about this recently by um, Jonathan. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, He asked me if I had the arrangement for this thing that I did once for Easter. Mm -hmm. What I did was, do you know the song um, uh, glorious day? Yeah. I think it's casting crowns, right? Yeah. Glorious day. So glorious day, each verse goes through Jesus's life. And yeah. so the first verse is all about Jesus and who he was. Second verse is all about him being put yeah. up on the cross. And the third verse is about him uh, rising from rising from right, the grave. Yeah. And so in between each verse, I did first, we fall down for, for Jesus. Yeah. Then I did wonderful cross. Yeah. And then I did uh Christ is risen from the dead. It's three Tomlin songs, but mm-hmm. they're placed in, <clears throat> in each verse. And we did like a giant song of it for right. Easter um, because like you had mentioned, lyrically, that took you through the story. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think that particular year we were talking about the full story of Christ and that rising from the grave was like the end of the story. Absolutely. Have not, you ever noticed how? Or the, well, the one of the ends of the story, but not the full end. There's a verse in that song that talks about discovering the empty tomb. I believe the words are. Death could not keep him. I'm thinking of a verse from rising again on uh, one day. The grave concealed one day the grave could conceal him no longer. longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Have you ever noticed that in that song, in the recording and in many uh, worship band versions, that's where you have uh, the female singers take the lead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Because of the the story in scripture is Mary. I never made the connection. That's beautiful. Go That's and abs- find the tomb. Yeah. That is absolutely beautiful. Very right. subtle little jab there. Yeah. So there's there's what we say in our lyrics, and then there's kind of how we teach it through how we play it and stuff, right? Right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so the thing that I think is interesting is that when you do a worship night, you the leader kind of has like, again, we said it kind of has that creative control over the yeah. mood, but also what you're saying with the song. And so lyrically is one way to pick um, 
emotionally or mood wise is one way to pick. Yeah. You can think about the emotional flow of the service. Like you might think that we'll start off with some more somber worship and then kind of build in some celebratory stuff towards the end. And then as we talked about before, we have the introduction of new songs. Yeah. (coughs) Or simple songs (laughs) that can, uh, sort of help the congregation to be in a time of worship where they obviously songs that they would know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all of those are aspects that you can kind of think about, but ultimately again, we, we recommend that you consult with the Lord and consult with with the community, take uh, into account what the Holy spirit is trying to do. The Holy spirit is trying to do something with your group, with your congregation. Um, and so it's good to be able to try and recognize um, what God is doing and then pick songs and elements and plan your worship night around that movement of the spirit. So would you say that some of these songs need to be um, um, uh, simple? I think it's a very good idea to pick some simple songs, especially ones where you can uh, um, have everybody kind of jump into like one simple idea. Mm-hmm. Um is, is there a specific yeah. ratio of simple to complex songs that you might try to s- stick to ish or some sort? I, I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't want to be formulated. I don't know if there's worship, a rule of but... thumb. Well, see, like, yeah. for example, me and Zach have talked about this in the past that hymns technically um, can range from fairly simple lyrically and musically to fairly difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people would argue that because of how wordy and how heady a yeah. hymn can be, it may be less worshipful. So it really does depend on kind of like where you see your community. Uh, I mean, cause me and Zach worship really hard to come thou found, but the lyrics aren't simple. No, they're kind of complex, but the, the music itself in the melody line is, yeah. so yeah. it's, <clears throat> it's fairly easy. It's to an sing. easy and it's an idea that you can latch onto even if the, um, even if the words are fairly complex, right? Mm-hmm. And in contrast, you'll likely, you'll likely find those little nuggets in there. Even if you don't understand what an Ebenezer is, you might think about how um, how Jesus saved you with his blood. And that's right. an idea, two ideas in the same verse. But one is kind of foreign to a lot of folks. The other is a little bit easier of a concept. Speaking of that, just like um, a side note, <laughs> I definitely think we should do an episode where we pick the like 10 maybe use phrases and worship songs that non-Christians wouldn't get. Hmm, that's interesting. Like break every chain and yeah. things like that. Like we should like pick, we should like find out what the top 10 used ones that people huh. wouldn't understand and go through them, explain what the scripture references. Anyway, <clears throat> getting back to what I was saying in contrast to something like come thou fount or uh, maybe even a more technical one, something like Robin Marks, uh, Jesus, only Jesus or, Garments of praise, uh, simple lyrically, simple musically, but they worship hard, son. So it really, I mean, it's, it really depends what you're trying to do with, with the Holy Spirit, like with your, with the music. And I mean, it it goes back to really just gauging what kind of community. Yeah. Recently I've used, um, the song, all who are thirsty quite a bit. Now that's an old vineyard song. Um, but the chorus just goes, come Lord Jesus, come. And just kind of repeats that over and over. It's like a prayer. And so it's a very simple um, lyric that can be sung and repeated over and over. And it works really good, um, especially if you just tag it onto another song. So if you don't 
kind of know where to go next and you kind of need something. That's one of the ones that I'll pull out sometimes. Right. See, like one of the other aspects besides like actually like picking a song, like if we're talking about like extra tips, if we're like kind of the back end of this thing, I also bonus tips, bonus tips. Sure. (laughs) I also think that, um, one of the ways to like, you know, you've talked in the past, Zach, about, um, certain communities you've worked with not being like willing to step up and do stuff. You know what I mean by that? Like you're like, I have like a lack of volunteers to like, to like kind of head up or lead something. Yeah. That can be an issue. Um, so one of the things I think is important is to go to some of these people that you feel are broken. Maybe the people who need the worship night the most and get them to be involved in your Mm -hmm. worship night. Yeah. Not just, come and show up and sing mm, be like yeah. we need somebody to like head this up and we think this is a good idea we think the the community is broken in some way or needs this worship night what do you think like immediately yeah. they're gonna go like yeah you know i've been feeling like down in my spirit and it's like well we could really use you up there on stage or we could really use you to make coffee or bring donuts grab some it. people who you think would be interested in jumping on board of that and just take them out to lunch. And, I mean, just and that talk about it. Yeah. Um, we're all different parts of the body are, are important in, in, in this just as much as in the service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but uh, I think a good tip would be to, to uh, maybe find those people, you know, that maybe are going through stuff because one of the things for me getting involved in church, when I first got involved in church is that I was in like a broken place and being involved sort of healed my brokenness through my service. And I know that sounds like sort of counterintuitive. Like, why would you want to do more work? Why don't, wouldn't it be better if you were just like receiving, but the, the, uh, the funny thing that God does Mm -hmm. is that the second you're involved and second, you're like giving back to God and Mm -hmm. to a community. The second your spirit starts to heal as you're kind of like working with God. Well, I, I tend to find them myself, and I, 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 I think we're, we're all like this, the, the three of us, is that I think we worship best when we are actively engaged in the yeah. surface itself. And so, of course, with you guys being on stage, me, if I mean, I, I'm on a team only about once every four weeks am I behind a soundboard. But that week when I'm behind a soundboard, I worship harder than ever. I mean, my yeah, mind sure. is, 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 yeah. is, is doing so many other things, but at the same time, it's in it's it's engaged in a way with worship that I find difficult in other ways. So 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 where some people you need to be pulled away from that scene yeah. in order to worship well. Some of us, others, we need to be actively engaged in that yeah. process. I think the reality is most people need a balance, and um, I think for some they don't get to participate. Um, <clears throat> they don't get to participate ever, and so that can make worship much more exciting when they Absolutely. get the chance to you. So always be on the lookout for ways that you can um, involve more people. And if you are talking to somebody who wants to get involved because of their brokenness, they can offer up advice yeah. on the elements, the songs, the theme That's of the true. night. And yeah. then you, you kind of solve you, you, uh, I don't want to say kill two birds, one stone. I want to say you uh, heal, heal two hearts with one prayer I, I, Boom. I, I believe the more PETA friendly phrase is you fit, you fed two birds with one scone. Oh, is that a thing? That is a okay. thing. Okay. Well, 
I, like, I feel like scones are not good for birds. <laughs> <laughs> I like God yeah. healed two hearts with with one prayer. So I, that works too. I, I like that too. That, that's a more uh, all right, more so biblical. Focus. Let's just turn everything into churchy language. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 one in the hand is worth two words from the Lord in a burning bush. There you go. Okay. So um, so here's the thing. That's not true, actually. I'll have to think of it before. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so the other thing is, like, if we go, if we kind of backtrack a little bit to this idea of, like, um, 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 how how are we allowing God to use our music to fulfill, like, the mm-hmm. needs of the community? We we really can't stress it enough that we need to be focused on the Lord. Yeah. Both the people putting on the worship night in the community and then all of the people that are, you know, kind of making this worship night happen. And so at every step of the way, prayer. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely need to have small prayer groups. Pray for your worship night. Pray that the Lord would uh, w- will would be done, that he would use it. Um, you're, what, what, Get other people on board that yeah. are your prayer warriors. You should yeah. know who your prayer people are in your church or your group that you're working with. Mm. Every church has a few of them. That's that's just their gift. Um, I found it really indispensable to be able to kind of know, like, who are the people that are... Everybody should be praying <laughs> regularly. But there are some people who just make it a habit of really keeping track of what God is doing by praying for people just constantly. Um, so knowing who those people are, it's good to have them on board. Let them know what you're thinking with the worship night, and they will kind of oh, help yeah. you along the way as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just little things like that. Yeah. that just kind of make it w- redirect things yeah. back to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was one last thing um, about, you know, this is just more directed towards worship leaders themselves. Um, I have found a very healthy process for me to go through and kind of find some songs that work in multiple different contexts like classic songs that majority of Christians everywhere are going to know, or have at least heard at some point. Um, and then have those kind of in my back pocket. So have having a few hymns like nothing but the blood or, uh, the wondrous cross kind of having the words to those internalized a little bit so that I can pull them out at any time. So I've found some of these songs and I've been kind of practicing them over and over and practicing them in different keys even so that I can transition to them. If ever I just need to pull out some stuff. Mm. I think I did um, at the last worship night, I did Jesus paid it all and it was completely not planned for, Um, but we just kind of needed, we needed to um, some people call it soak worship. Yeah. You kind of keep the music going and people are continuing to pray or some people are singing. Some people are interceding for others. Um, but God is just doing something in that time and you don't want to just put a hard stop on the music. Right. Um, so having even just four or five of those little songs, just even just little choruses. Just that you keep just it going. Know. I think yeah. for just me, going. I think for me, one of them is like uh, uh, on this day. So just, on you stay, yeah. I'll, if I can't think of anything else, I'll just go, hallelujah. Yeah, and it works in multiple different keys as well. It does? Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do like Better Is One Day. Better Is One Day is a great one. Um, That's another one of those old songs that 
yeah. I think you could get a lot of use out of today more than you would think. And yeah. and there's something to be said. I am I am the harshest critic of the um, surface level like cookie cutter worship songs. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about a song that is <laughs> so notable, like yeah. so so easy to remember. Yeah. That at any time you can just start worshiping to it and people will just jump on board. Right. So I mean, it's great to have those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And better is one day too is um, from Psalm eighty four. So it's right out of it the is. scripture. <laughs> so. Of the one of the ones that I like that are repetitive and simple, most of the time it's because I know where the scripture yeah, is. Yeah, yep. Very cool. All right, guys. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope this helped somebody out, or even if you're not a worship leader or connected to that in any way, that at least maybe you saw a little bit of our process. Or absolutely. Yeah. Or maybe you need to go to the worship team and um maybe sh- uh, chuck this up as a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, say, hey, have you heard um, what the houseplants think about worship nights? Maybe. And then should. they'll say, oh, the houseplants? I love those guys. Everybody <laughs> knows about them. Every worship team <laughs> in America has already been listening to us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got our fingers on the pulse of the world right That's now. Right. No, I'm kidding. Very important. <laughs> no, all seven of the people <laughs> um, that listen. So the thing is, um, we just appreciate you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't say it enough. Uh, we uh, do one podcast a week, if not two. Uh, but we really appreciate that our what we're doing for the Lord, what we're doing for the community is um, received. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate that you guys listen to it. But one way that you guys can let us know that you are listening and that you are part of our community, kind of give back to us for the work that we're doing, is to comment, subscribe, uh, let us know that you're out there. Say, hey, my name is this person, and I think you guys mm-hmm. did a great job. Or, hey, I think you guys are terrible. Like the one comment that said, <laughs> we we don't talk about houseplants at all. That's I'm true. Like, we very rarely talk about houseplants. And I said, and I would say, yes, we do. Just not the houseplants. If you dig, of, if huh? you dig through our 62 episodes or so, we probably have mentioned a plant, like a literal plant, at some point. Yeah. So That's be on true. the lookout. Yeah, for those. every once in a while. Every once every in a while. while. But, 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 mention yeah. a fern. But what I wanted to say is that I, the community that we have yeah. that listens to our podcast, we really, really appreciate you we guys. We appreciate you guys so much. And um, yeah, buddy. we will continue to serve the community, serve the Lord through this podcast. Mm-hmm. And a great way for you guys to um, show your appreciation for us would be to comment, subscribe, or check out our Patreon if you want to be a patron. Um, it's kind of like tithing. In a way, if uh, if you consider us a church, <laughs> if you consider us a church, I part promi- of it. <laughs> I promise you that uh, that is uh, money well spent because it um, it goes towards our operation. Yeah. Or you could do podcast. something as simple as just hitting stars or somewhere in your podcast app. There's a button to hit stars, so hit five at least of them and <laughs> let us know. But so thank we, you so much. With that, we will see you guys next week. Love you. God bless. See ya.